This episode of the Jason Cabinets Experience is a replay of when I was on the Founders Live podcast hosted by my good friend, Nick Hughes. We had a great conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jason Cabinets Experience. Here at Cabinets HR, we have some exciting news to share. We are doing a rewards-based crowdfunding campaign for Cabinets HR starting March 2nd. We are doing this rewards-based crowdfunding campaign to continue the build-out of Cabinets HR. Our rewards include Cabinets HR t-shirts, social media outreach for your company, ebooks, webinars, and more. You can go to the Cabinets HR Indiegogo link at https colon backslash backslash cabinetshr.co slash crowdfunding to donate and for more info. Thank you for your time today. And remember to be great every day. This is the Jason Cabinets Experience, hosted by Jason Cabinets. Join Jason as he talks to small business owners and startup founders and other interesting people as we gain great insights about business, people, leadership, HR, and how each guest strives to be great every day. Hey guys, my name is Chris Shiroke. I'm the CEO of Aloha, and we're the most seamless way to do software development outsourcing for startups. Uh, we've developed a set of proprietary tools, infrastructure, and process, and basically have become uh, the software development outs- uh, outsourcing experts over the last four, four or five years, so you guys don't have to be. Um, so you guys can focus on your business, and we take care of the software development. You go with us if you want to hire smarter and scale faster. Um, we basically built out the best tools, infrastructure, and process uh, to make the most seamless experience and de-risk the software outsourcing experience. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Founders Live podcast, where we tell unique and inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from all over the world. I am Nick Hughes. I am the founder and CEO of Founders Live. And today we have just a really, really special guest, uh, someone that I've known for quite a while. And he comes from my home city of Seattle, Washington. We have Jason Kavnis. He's the CEO and founder of Kavnis HR and just a longtime Founders Live supporter, longtime you know, friend of mine uh, here locally in Seattle. Jason, welcome to the show. Nick, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you today. Yeah, yeah. This is a long time coming, man. So really excited to be here and uh, to hear your story. You know, we, uh, we definitely go, we go way back. And um, I mean, look, uh, you know, I don't, I'm just curious, even though like, I think you were, you were one of, you know, the early, early first uh, members of Founders Live when, 
when I changed it from Feature Friday to Founders Live. Yes, Feature Friday. I remember that. Yeah. And so we can we can definitely talk about that. But it was like I think you were you were one of the first early members, man. And um, so you know, I um you know, you so just kind of a side note, you had Christina Brennan on your podcast a while ago. And, you know, I know you guys had a really good conversation. Um, you did chat about and talked about Founders Live, which I thought was great. And I appreciate that. And, you know, I uh, spoke with her recently uh, on this podcast as well. And, um, you know, I, you definitely uh, uh, called her an OG, uh, <laughs> an OG of Founders Live or Future Friday. And, and I think you are too. So it's uh, really cool, really great to have you. And, you know, before we get started, uh, you know, just, uh, I guess, uh, give us a little bit of background on yourself, you know, you know, wh- who are you and what you're doing? And then, you know, uh, later in this conversation, we'll hear about, you know, Cabinet HR and what you're building, but just want to find out a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So Jason Cabinet's uh, born and raised in the great state of Texas, um, joined the military after high school, ended up doing 25 years in the military, uh, did eight years enlisted, 17 as officer, I went to OCS for the officer school. Um, retired here at Fort Lewis. Funny story about that. So me and my wife were both from Texas. So I always figured when we time to retire, we go back to Texas, right? So a year before retirement, I told the wife, hey, you know, I got a year left in the military. We got to decide pretty soon. Are we going to move by your people, my people in Texas, best job? She looked at me and said, oh, I didn't, I didn't tell you yet, but uh, I don't like it here. We're not going nowhere. <laughs> and so that's how I ended up being in the Seattle, Washington area. So I always think that's a funny story. Wow. And, you know, um, when, how long ago was that? About, uh, I retired in 2015. Okay. Okay. And, you know, before we get into your entrepreneurial uh, journey and, and all that, um, you know, uh, describe if you could, you know, what was your military experience like, you know, because what's interesting about that is I have, you know, we have, we have guests on here all the time on this podcast, but uh, from our angle, not as many, not a lot of people have spent time in, you know, the military. And so, um, I guess, you know, I guess the question is share, how, how did that shape you as an individual? And even as like a professional and entrepreneur now, like how did the military ex- experience really influence you and how you approach life? Yeah, great question, Nick. So in the military, like I was fortunate, I had a lot of great assignments, a lot of great bosses. Like we're in Germany twice, Italy, Korea, Kansas, Texas, different places, right? And one thing I think people realize is how diverse the military is, right? Like as a leader, you're forced to deal with different cultures, different demographics, different backgrounds, right? And another thing that military gets a better for, you know, I think this is a stereotype. You're you're a leader in the military. You do what I said, no matter what, right? And usually leaders like that in the military or everywhere else, you know, if you're a leader that says, do as I say, no matter what, you're going to probably feel all right. So in the military, they teach you to be collaborative. Of course, there's a point where, you know, you say, here's an order and you want to say, there's a point to that, of course, right? But most great leaders in the military are collaborative and they take input from the people, right? So it really teaches you to be collaborative and deal with different cultures. Another thing it does too, that ties with being an entrepreneur, military trains you like, to get kicked in the teeth 10 times or get kicked down 10 times and get up 11 times right. They really do a good job of teaching resiliency, being resourceful and all that kind of stuff, right? Which just ties in great to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I would even mention, you know, just my observation, but as you say, like, you know, get, you know, get, get, 
kicked in the teeth or get knocked down and get back up. It just, it teaches you resilience and it teaches you around being tough and, and tough just doesn't mean, Oh, we're the strongest men or whatever. Like tough means the ability to see there's a longer road here. And, you know, we, we got to find a way out. We have to be creative. We have to just, you know, understand that there's, there's, there's some trouble maybe at times that you're going to get out of it, but you have to figure out those different options. And um, so I, I would imagine that that was part of your experience as well, which, which influenced maybe how you approach, you know, looking at the world. Yes. Another thing too about the military, I don't know if most people know this, but like, like in the military, you're responsible for all your people and all the family members too, right? I, I call one time I was a commander in Italy and um, I got a call because my soldier's 19-year-old kid got a DUI, right? Now, I don't think if you work at Microsoft or Boeing, Amazon, it, your employee's 19-year-old kid gets the DUI, you're going to get a call, right? So it's it's all encompassing, right? You, you know everything mm-hmm. about your the family members, like, you know everything, right? It is, mm-hmm. it is, and it really like helps you on entrepreneur, right? As far as like it being empathetic and taking care of people. Yeah, it does. Well, okay. So then, what when you were ready to move on? Um, what was what was that choice of okay? Like I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm gonna move on here. 2015, 2016, sound like or something of that nature. Um, what? what was that decision? Were you looking to maybe go work somewhere or did you say, you know what? I want to start my own company. Yeah. So, um, start, starting a company was nowhere in there. And I'll tell the story later on about, it. I got to start us, but when I got out, it was like mainly like trying to get an Amazon, big corporation, HR director job, you know? And one thing is I did is I went on LinkedIn and we talked like 200 HR people and just said it basically it was like, you know, my name is Jason Cavs retiring. Can you help, tell me how the best way to go from military HR to um, like a civilian HR job? And those 200 people, like 50 reach out to me and actually helped me out, right? So I definitely advise people if they're getting out of the military or any, anything, any transition, reach out to people because people want to help you, but you got to ask. But yeah, re- when I originally got out, it was all like corporate, all like HR jobs, all that kind of stuff, right? Nothing. I didn't know startups existed, to be honest with you. Oh, you didn't. So it was kind of a whole new world, a whole new world for you. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, I just, I, I've got so many questions around HR, which uh, I'm going to save for uh, a few minutes coming up here. But you, as you were looking at these different options, um, you know, because just to give some context and perspective. So I started the very first event, which, you know, we are filming this and recording this in mid March of 2021. And so seven years ago, right now, I was preparing the very, very first founders live event, which was feature Friday at the time. And so that was in 2014. And so what year were you? uh, So we did like feature Friday, basically 2014 and 2015. And then in 2016 was when I actually officially uh, created, like incorporated as Founders Live, you know, um, the company and the brand. And I launched the community. And so I think it was around 2016 where, if I'm not mistaken, that's where we 
started to get to know each other because that's when I really launched it to the community. So in that time, like when, when exactly did we meet or walk us through a bit of how you found, you know, and discovered Founders Live? And then let's wrap that into your experience of wanting to actually start your own company as well. And then I know that you were, were wrapped into like Bunker Labs and all that as well. So let's just kind of spend some time there. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, the, the future, future Friday and Friday's Live used to be at the Holyoke Reorg on 3rd Street or 5th Street, somewhere there. Mm-hmm. That's where I first met you. And I'm pretty confident. I, I find it either like meet meetup group or event bride or something like that. Or maybe Christina told me about it. I mean, I used to start going on them. And I remember the, the, the first meeting and, it was, and like, it was like, I think, and it's, I think it's still 99 second, 99 second pictures. But I was like, man, 99 seconds, that's, that's, that's crazy for a right. But, <laughs> but it, but it was, I like really forced the people like, you know, elevate, elevate the pitch, right? I thought it was a great network. And I really like your values. Like, you know, the, the, the campfire, no name tags, you know, make yeah. a family atmosphere, you know, all that kind of stuff. You really tell you you had something right there. Right. Um, so, and, and plus that was like one of my first forays into like startup world, right? So like meeting people outside the military. And it was a great, just a great experience for me. And a little side note, most people don't know this, but the name, the, so when I was t- trying to pick a name for Kevin's HR, I always said, man, I'll never be the dude who needs a name company after myself, right? But every <laughs> name, every name I have, like, either someone had it already or like, no, you know, now you gotta have the, you know, the io.com.co, dot whatever, you know, the Facebook, LinkedIn, someone already have it or it'd be taken or this couldn't work out right. And then finally asked Nick, man, should I just name it Kevin's HR? I really don't want to do it. And, and Nick convinced me to just name it Kevin's HR. So that's kind of the story. I don't know if Nick remembers that or not. That's how Kevin's HR came about. Even though I said I would never name the company myself for myself because of the deuce move. Uh, I remember that. Thank, thank you for reminding me. And, you know, I, I will I will take a little bit of uh, pleasure and and remember, you know, just being a part of your your naming. But you know, I think if I remember correctly, it was really just like I'm like, look, there's it. The name actually, is, there is some power there. It's unique. Um, I think it just it does work well. And you know, rather than you know, I, rather than startups like trying to name it some wacky name that yeah. you can't even like, I think you know, getting a name that people can pronounce that they can read and literally visually they read it and it looks fine and they can pronounce it and they understand what it is. It's such a better decision than some random word that doesn't mean anything. And like, it's, there's no vowel vowels. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I remember, uh, thank you for reminding me of that. Like, and I was like, just do it. <laughs> and You've done it. And yep. you know what, what I love about that is you, you take, that's part of taking ownership of, you know, what you do and your company. And, you know, I think I appreciate you saying, I don't want to name, I don't want to like throw my name on the title just because I'm not that type of person. But in the end, you know, you were able to choose the the, the right name. And and so that's really good. Um, man, back in the day. Yeah, that was, uh, so what Jason was just describing was early on with Founders Live, we held the event at uh, it was a WeWork and it was downstairs in kind of this basement. I mean, it was kind of cool, but it was also like this little dungeon basement. And, um, you know, that was at the time, if you remember, I had just changed into, you know, from Feature Friday to Founders Live. And that was the moment there, like the, all of a sudden 
there's like more than a hundred, 150 people showing up at this event. And it just kind of turned into something more. And that's, you know, that's, we launched founders live, the brand started to announce that we're going to go to other cities and, and things just started happening. So you, you were there right at that kind of inception point of, okay, this is more than just Seattle. This is going to spread to many different cities. And, um, and I'm excited. I'm glad that we were a part of, you know, influencing you and, and inspiring you to take that leap. So let's go there. So you, you know, attending Founders Live, attending things, getting into the startup community and world, what was that trigger that was like, I see things in HR that I believe that I can impact and change. What was that? What really made you start that company? Yeah, so we'll, we'll backtrack about a year before I started going to Founders Live, maybe six months. I don't remember the time frame. But like I said, I was on LinkedIn reaching out to people, you know, trying to make contacts, trying to find a job. This person named Mark Moreau reached out to me. He said, hey, Jason, my name is Mark Moreau. I have a startup called MyRFold. We want to help military veterans and college graduates find a job doing skills tests. Can we meet in person and you tell me, walk me through how the Army's helping me find a job and other people? I'm like, sure, no problem. But one question for you, Mark, what the blank is a startup? I had no clue, no concept what a startup was like. <laughs> you just don't start a company. Companies already exist. You know, you know that's not allowed, right? So he laughed, we met, and he gave me like a, a, a crash course of startups, right? You know, MVP, product market fit, all those kind of things, right? And a light bulb goes off. Mark, you never talk about HR. Why is that? Oh, HR, startups don't do HR to way down the road, right? Another light bulb goes off. Hey, Mark, it's like we have a pretty good chemistry and like this is pretty interesting, right? Like I was really intrigued by all this stuff, right? Uh, you said, let me join your startup. I can learn all this stuff and then I can do, do HR for you later on. Uh, he, and he agreed. Um, far as I get interested, side note, the person who did, did a design and did a market for us was graduated from high school with my daughter in Seoul, Korea in 2006. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's a pretty interesting dynamic, right? But like most times, I didn't make it. But the two years I was there, like I said, everything is coded design, right? I started like doing like networking stuff, going to Finals Live, getting real involved to start a community, just like networking and meeting people and learning everything I could, right? And then I was like, man, none of these startups really have HR. Like, of course, some deal with the funding, but most didn't, right? And I said, man, maybe this is a, a way to start a company. I like, you know maybe it's a problem I can solve. Because like um, most, most small companies, like, well, first it was startups, then I pivoted to come to 49 or fewer people. And reason is 49, not in a higher number. And HR, once you hit 50, all the complicated start, stuff starts. Mm -hmm. like FMLA, health benefits, all that kind of stuff, right? So I don't want to keep it 49, at least for now. You know, uh, most, most small companies don't have HR because a person like me is 50, 80,000, no more, per year plus benefits. You know, definitely can't afford that. And you have the HR consultants who are like, oh, and that's where we want, really want to put our business because they're overcharging the price and delivering value. They're charged like one or $300 per hour. And what they do, hey, small business owner, you need an employee handbook. Well, I know that. When I, that's what I'm paying you for. What can you do for me? Oh, no, I just, I don't do that for you. I just consult you, right? So you're telling me a small business owner is supposed to pay you $300 an hour for you, for them to tell you what to do, it doesn't make any sense. And we all know the large HR companies like ADP trying to have like horrible user experiences, right? Mm -hmm. You know, of course they tell you to do your business research. So according to the SBA, there's like five million companies, four and a half your people. Then they tell you to validate your idea. And I talked to 331 small business owners and majority of them were actually from Founders Live, right? Because when you were doing the Founders Feature Fridays or Founders Live, I was actually in there talking to different people, right? No, that's my ideas off them, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And of course, more detailed than this, but he's like, would you pay for HR if you do, you want it? And it was, you know, 
you know, affordable. 71% said yes. 19% were like, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know yet. And 10% basically said they would never pay for HR because they're wasting money, right? So the 71%, I thought it was good enough to like, you know, go, all, go all in, right? Because this time I'm doing Founders Live, I'm working with Myerfold. And then um, I'm also, I'm also like starting, you know, still trying to find a job. So I'm starting the company. I, I have a job in Alaska to uh, try to seafoods, doing that full-time, the startup part-time. Then I got a job at a, as an HR director at a local college. So for a couple of years, I was like doing it like halfway, and all the way in. But I went all in like 2017, right? It's like, okay, this is now or never, right? I'm, I'm not getting any younger. I got I to gotta do this now, right? Um, and so I've just been going like that. Yeah, and... Actually, I, w- I want to I want to ask that question around <clears throat> what was the decision or walk us through that decision of going full time. I know that there's a lot of people that could be listening. Uh, they might be in that, mm, you know, I've got this part. I, I'm working on this. I have a full time job and I'm working part time on my startup. What what helped you? <laughs> I'm going to use the term what pushed you over the edge. But what 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 helped you take that leap? into I'm doing this full time. So it, for me, it was a positive and negative. Positive, I'm, you know, I'm an army retiree, so I get, to, I get a check every month, right? So all my bills are paid for the most part, you know, so I have like some economic flexibility. The negative was when I worked at Try to Seafoods, it was like, it wasn't a good experience, you know, for different reasons. And the local college was a good experience, right? So man, so like, man, so it's kind of pushed me away to go, go full time, right? Like, these full-time code code cover jobs ain't really working for me. It's not what I want, you know. I have some money, I know this this calling right now. So it's kind of positive and negative. Positive is kind of the economic freedom to an extent. And then negative because like the jobs I had wasn't wasn't really working out for me right. It's sort of like what I wanted for my career right then, you know. And plus I just saw the just the problem out there, you know, like you know, small business and I have an HR. And I thought I was the one selfishly, I thought I was the one who could solve it and fix it. Yeah. Well, right there. I want to point out right there is what we as entrepreneurs like that's the the secret is that we have this feeling that we say, look, I can solve it or we can solve it because we have like having that confidence is, is required. I believe, I believe it's required to have a bit of confidence and it's not, you know, it's not uh, arrogance. It's not, You know, it's not, it's nothing negative. It's just, it's required that you, whatever problem you're solving, you need to confidently know that you can take that leap and solve it in a very meaningful way. And so you had that. Uh, And what I want to do is move into, to, you know, when you look at on on your website, you know, uh, it's uh, around, um, you offer certain things. And so in talking about early stage, you know, kind of smaller one, you know, one to 49 person employee companies, and you offer a number of different things to, you know, small businesses, uh, walk us through a couple of those that you feel are incredibly important for early stage startups to think about, even when they are not, you know, maybe, maybe they don't have a, a bit, a team of five or 10 full employed, but they're just still getting going. What sort of aspects of HR do we need to be thinking about even from day one? Yeah. So first thing, uh, everyone has to realize HR is different, different locations. Like here in the state of Washington, Seattle is different, but Tacoma and they're different versus state, right? You know, 
Seattle is different from Dallas, from Modesto, California. HR is different each location. So you have to follow the HR rules in your location. You'll be sure of that. Let me so example, like suppose your, your company is a headquarters in Dallas, Texas, minimum wage is 725. You got like two people in Seattle, right? You can't pay the people in Seattle the Texas minimum wage is 725. So you got to follow the laws you're at. So you got to be aware of that. Uh, next thing, um, yeah, I would do an employee handbook as early as you can. So an employee handbook, most people think of it as like a compliance, do what I do, you know, things you do and not do. But an employee handbook should really be the culture and values of your company, right? They, so when you hire someone, they should take a look through your employee handbook and know what kind of company you have, what kind of culture you have. Also, you know, I would think of some kind of hiring process, like what, what kind of people you want to bring on to your company, you know, your HR policies. And one thing a lot of people talk about, you know, cultural fit, you know, I need a cultural fit. And, and for me, and if you might disagree with me, whenever someone says, you know, I didn't hire this person a culture fit, is it really culture fit or is it because you don't have to want that type of person in your company, right? So I think mm-hmm. companies should hire more for values match to your company, right? And if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you said that because uh, you know I think so. Culture, of course, in in a startup and in a company is important. Uh, yet you just pointed out something very very interesting and and actually that that can, is very meaningful is um, you know you got to ask yourself as a as the, the the founders the founding team the leadership what is culture actually mean in your company and what is culture fit because um if we're not careful culture fit can actually equal they look like me they i'm only looking for people that are a culture fit that talk like me that are in the same city as me and and quite frankly what that can happen it it can quickly turn into uh, a very um a very um you know, heterogeneous team that lacks diversity and that lacks a variety of individuals. And, and that's not the best thing, not the best situation. So when you're talking about HR and you're talking about onboarding and hiring practices, um, this is why HR is really important is to really bring these things to the forefront to say, well, what do you actually mean? What is your employee handbook say? What is your hiring practice actually looking like? And when, when you do bring on people, are you actually being mindful of uh, a diverse collection of individuals and, and all that, right? So I think I'm glad that you brought that up. It's so easy for early stage startups that are, you know, two or three founders and they might be in, uh, in, you know, I was just going to say two or three men, white men, but in reality, this can happen with women as well. You know, two or three white women, or I don't know, two or three black women that end up collectively being the same together because they don't want to have, or for some reason, there's no real diversity. So what are your thoughts on that? When you are starting to work with a lot of younger early stage companies around this sort of thing, such as hiring, onboarding and, and culture. Yeah. So first I think one thing people don't realize that I forget, like doing a startup is not easy, right? Bringing someone up to your startup is not easy, right? Like, mm-hmm. like how many people, like you can say all day, Hey, you know, John Brown or Susan Q join my startup and I'll give you X amount of equity, right? Like I, like when I talk to people, I often I always tell them, Hey, I, my, this is my best attempt to come to be successful. But me telling you, I'm giving you X percent. It's the same as me telling you, see the pot of gold in the rainbow. You're going to get it right. It's probably not going <laughs> to happen. Right. So even getting people to work for your startup is hard. Right. 
And, and so, and, and let me also say that, you know, you also need to bring, you always need to hire the best person for your company, right? Re- regardless. Mm-hmm. But, diverse, but I mean, stats show over and over again, the more diverse your company is, whether a startup, any kind of company, the more business results, better business results you get, right? And I know a lot of co- people, they say, well, I'm trying to, you know, bring in diverse whatever. And you ask them, well, where do you recruit at? And, and they'll tell, we, and they go back to the same place over and over again, right? Well, it makes no sense, right? Go, go somewhere different. No, go, go to a, a, a different, different place. You, you gotta, you know, break it up some. You can't go the same, the wall over again, right? Mm-hmm. And then as, as far as culture, you know, like a good point, a lot of people think culture is like the pool table, you know, all that kind of stuff. Culture is really like how you run the company, right? Like culture can be simple as simple as like unlimited time off or, if you're, if you have a, a parent, they didn't have time off of parent teacher conferences, you know, there's a whole lot of ways to bring, bring a culture. And also for culture, you know, a lot of people think, oh, culture, I'll worry about that would have employee 15. Your culture being bought, being built as like employee number one with your head, right? All the stuff you do, right? And, um, and, and, and for me, and people disagree with me, I don't think there's a same thing as good or bad culture. It's the best culture for the company. Example I always use, like we'll take Amazon and, and um, Starbucks, right? Starbucks, I, I, I've never worked there, but I know a lot of people work there. It's pretty collaborative. I was told that when you go to Starbucks, the first 30 days, you don't do anything. You know, you just like collaborate, meet people, right? So you kind of like lay back. Amazon is like, I never worked there, but I know people work there pretty much like you got to hit the ground running, right? Mm. So if you're Amazon, you go to Starbucks and Starbucks, Amazon with the same you know, attitude, you're, gonna, you're not going to make it, right? So you got to adjust the culture. And I, and, I, and I think for the startup founders, they really got a good, do a good job of recruiting people, right? Like the, what they're saying, um, um, always be closing, ABC. My <laughs> thing is ABR, always be recruiting, right? You always got to have people you're going to reach out to. You always have a talent bench, right? And you got to realize with, with yeah. the startups, I mean, like especially like it's going to take a while to be a startup, right? Now, most people are only going to stick around two, three years, right? They might like rotate through every six months, right? So you got to always have a talent bench. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. I, 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 I laugh because, um, yeah, I, I, that statement of, you know, always be closing is, is true in, in, in the most deepest, uh, energetic, like, you know, appropriate sense. Uh, I would say that just being essentially, it's like be on your game and, and understand the big picture with everyone you're working with, um, not, not closing cause it's superficial and you're trying to get money out of people. Uh, but I, I just like how you, how you mentioned that. So, uh, let's walk through, you are up and running and, and you're, you're now like, you know, building out this HR company. What, let's go out three to five years. Like what, what do you, what would you really like to accomplish or where does this go? Where do you see having this HR heading in like three to five years. So three to five years. So we're at Kevin's HR where we do, uh, we do HR with Kevin's for and fewer people through a voice enabled AI platform along with access to HR business partner. So what we do is like, um, um, and I'll compare it to come HR companies, California, right? So most HR companies currently HR consultants, if they do like, um, employee handbook for you, suppose, like suppose there's a company in, um, Seattle, a tech company, Seattle, a restaurant in Dallas and a toy company in Memphis, Tennessee. Most HR companies give you the same template, the same employee handbook, right? So everything's the same pretty much. And they expect you to change it. 
with us, the voice enabled platform, we're gonna send we're gonna send you a set of questions to answer. And based on those answers in your location industry, the code or the platform is gonna give you all your HR products, like employee handbooks, HR policy, job descriptions, all that kind of stuff. And we're also gonna do like onboarding for you and responsive HR advice. Another difference too, most HR companies, um, like the big ones are pretty much in California, like Zenefits and Bambi and this Bambury chart of um Utah. Like they say they give you an HR, like an HR advisor, but the truth is you might call on Monday, talk to Jason, call on Thursday, mm-hmm. talk to Nick, call a week later, talk to someone else, right? Well, that's the plan is like you're gonna have your own, like the same person each time, right? Is the plan we're gonna do. And we wanna do like I say, we wanna put like HR consultants out of business because don't be wrong, there's a few good ones, few great ones. But most of them are like overcharge overchar- the price and, and you know, overcharge the price and, and don't give enough value, right? And they're, I don't want to say they're in for, th- for themselves. But of course, they need to get paid with their, with their value. But a lot of HR consultants are like, I have a master's in this, I have 20 years experience, I need to get paid this amount of money. And they forget that they're there to give value to the small business owner and to the company, right? Mm-hmm. And most HR people, like more corporate, and like, you know, they don't really think about small business owners. So first, we want to put them in a business, the bad ones, of course. And we want to be a, we want to be a national HR tech HR tech owner. Like we want to compete with benefits, ADP, um, Experity. We want to keep with those compete with those. Like we want to be like a national HR tech company. Oh, nice. Yeah. And what would be, you know, how do you see that trajectory coming together? Like uh, where from where you're at to if you want to be national, um, what needs to happen from your perspective? Um, so first we gotta, we gotta finish the platform first, right? Cause like, you know, I talked to a lot of investors, like pitch all the time and, you know, maybe back in the day you could get money, like pre-seed ideas, but now pretty much most investors want like, want, want like, you know, at least a platform attraction. So I gotta have to get the platform done first. Well, one thing we've done a good job on, we've done a great job of being a community around Kevin's HR, right? Like I have like, we have like 40,000 followers across different social media platforms. I, I do my own podcasts, you know, so I've made a lot of good connections right there. Have a great board of advisors. My board of advisors have um, uh, Todd Dean. He's a former president of Creature Forum in Seattle. Uh, Kevin Goldsmith, former VP of Engineering at Spotify, former CTO of Avo. Uh, David Meltzer, he's the he's a business advisor to give David uh, to I me mean, to Gary Vaynerchuk. So I have, a, so I have a great board of advisors. And one one thing I've learned, you know, I mean, you have to you learn the military too, but you know, I'm a big follower of Wayne Gretzky's philosophy: you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, right? Mm-hmm. So I have no qualms by asking for help, you know, and and to say no, you know, I don't take it personal for the most part. The one thing off the top, like everyone says, don't take take it personal, but it's kind of hard not to take it personal, right? Because it is kind of personal, right? <laughs> You're absolutely right. Which is like I, when I hear all the time, it's like, look, man. It's just business. It's not personal. And the problem with that is we are people and we are, these are our, our companies. So it is personal because it is our life. Like this is what we do. And, and I think, you know, having a, it's hard as a founder to separate those. Um, of course it's important and, and it's important to understand there is a sliver of truth to look, there's business decisions and there's certain things that we choose to do or not to do, paths to take, customers that we want to work with versus not. Doesn't mean I don't like that person. It doesn't mean that person doesn't like me if they say no to a deal. But at the same time, these are, as founders, these are our dreams and our visions and our purpose. And when someone knocks it, 
it can get personal. Like we can feel it personally because we feel like they're knocking us and, yeah. and, so, and it's hard, you know? Yeah. For example, not to talk to a negative, but like, so we're talking about today, I'm doing a crowdfunding campaign, right? And so one thing is I, I was doing, I was like sending messages like one-on-one on, on LinkedIn sales navigator, right? To different people. Most people ignored it. Some people responded positively. There's one person responded. And I remember we're, we're me and this person one-on-one connected, right? We're first connected, right? First person responded and said, Jason, I don't recall giving you permission to connect, connect to send me a message over sales navigator. This is unprofessional. This method you use is, is like shitty. What are you mm-hmm. doing? Right. I'm like, it took everything minutes to respond to this person, right? But I said, no, don't respond. Just like go calm down and cool down, whatever. Don't drink a beer, right? I'm like, what type of mess is this, right? This stuff like that, you know, you have to deal with. Yeah. It, look, it's it's you just gotta give, you know, I think we need to give people the benefit of the doubt. And then also, you know, just know that, you know, some people have, some people have bad days sometimes and yeah. some people, yeah. some people get frustrated. So, you know, that it is what it is. Um, well, tell us a little bit more about that campaign. Yeah. So the crowdfunding campaign I'm doing for several reasons. Well, first of all, I, like I, I, I never thought it'd be a good idea to do a crowdfunding campaign, right? I thought crowdfunding is like you know, for Kickstarters, you know, like products, you know, skateboards, jacks and stuff like that. But, um, and we're talking about Bunker Labs later, but there's another Bunker Labs person in Austin, Texas, named Anthony Gant. And his company is a basis Airbnb for a military people, PTS and right. And so he did a crowdfunder and he raised like $250,000. Like, whoa. Like, so I talked talk, talk to him, hey, how do you do this crowdfunding? I thought it was just like startups or like, you know, Kickstarters. He said, no. And, and he did an equity crowdfunding. I did a reward. I'm doing a rewards based one, right? And he just told me how you walk through, right? And then this is like being a little arrogant, I guess, but like Anthony, he probably has like 10% of the social media following I have, right? So like if, if you put off for $450,000, surely I get half the amount doing the crowdfunding, right? So crowdfunding started March 2nd. It's going to run through, I believe, April, April 28th. Um, and then with like, with the basic, like, you know, regular perks like t-shirts, public thank yous, big discount on HR, different things like that. And another reason I'm doing it too, I've already, already validated the idea, I think. But my my um, my thinking is, if the crowdfunding goes off well, I can use that to do my pitch deck. Hey, like tell investors for the receiver, hey, I did all this stuff before, but I raised X amount of money on this kick on this uh, crowdfunding campaign. I make this number up. Like, post I could say two hundred fifty people people back me, and I raised like three hundred thousand dollars. Right? I just have to think that would be very enticing for investors. Like, okay, Jason's really doing his legwork. People really investing in Kevin's HR. So I'm really doing more of a proof point. Of course, you know, raising the money and to be able to, you know, build a platform that got that kind of stuff too is always be beneficial too. Yeah. So far, the, so far the crowdfunding has really been successful, you know. Uh, be honest, that hasn't raised the money that I wanted yet, but still early. But like people are sharing all over the place, right? Like I got like 10 testimonials from people like Christina Brennan did one. People doing videos for me. I mean, everyone's sharing it, right? So it just a matter of like kicking it in, right? Good, good. Well, we'll make sure that we will have that link uh, with our the podcast notes as well. Um, so awesome! Congratulations on that. And you know, we we wish wish you the best on on that campaign. Um, yeah. So what? We don't have much time. I mean, this has gone pretty quickly here. Um, I want to get a couple tips and advice because look, you. You know, Jason, you've you've been around and you've been in the military. 
You've uh, really learned a lot about HR. You're now built, not only are you providing that to growing companies, but you are growing your own. And so what, let's go with two, two pieces of advice that you have learned as you're building your, your startup and your company. What would you tell earlier startup founders that you think is a valuable piece of advice? First thing is if you're a startup founder, if you're CEO or like, you know, position responsibility or supervisor, treat your people like you want your boss to treat you right. To me, as simple as that, right? You know, like, like when I was a military star, I tell all the time I had a boss and one time he's complaining to us, hey, you know, my supervisor micromanages me, micromanages me, I don't need to be micromanaged. And of course, what do you do the next sentence? Start a micromanage on his right. So be the boss to your people. You want your boss to be to you. I think that's the number one rule. I think it's an easy rule to follow. But unfortunately, most people don't follow that, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think it's just, that just falls into leadership. And we are really starting to look at this and focus this through Founders Live is how can we help startup founders and CEOs and uh, earlier in their stage leaders um, just become better team leaders and, and essentially bosses, right? So that, that's a good one. How about, a, how about another one? And then, um, so, I mean, you hear this all the time where like, even, you know, startups or just regular business people or small business owners will say, hey, my employees are all all the way in or they're not all in. They're not really dedicated to me, right? Well, you got to realize no one's going to be dedicated as you are, right? Even if you have a co-founder and you give them like 50%, they're not going to be all in as you are, right? And you have to realize that like no one's going to be all all in like you are. It's it's your baby. It's your idea. You're trying to execute it. You you have this vision. No one's going to have the vision like you are, right? And and I think you just got to get over that. What, What do you think is the solution then like, let's take that one step further. Cause I, I would agree. I, I would, you know, I, I would agree. I've experienced that as well. And yet people can still be very drawn to the cause. They want to be a part of the team. They want to work and, and they want, they want to enjoy the, the ride and, and how this kind of continues. But what, what is maybe the, what is the motivation then? What, what do you think is the way to, have, you know, to lead people and encourage people to be a part of the team, even though they're not necessarily maybe the founder that started the idea and that birthed it from an idea to a business. Like what's the best way to motivate and inspire people to continue with the team? I think you need to on this conversation, like why, why do you join the startup, right? Like some people join a startup, startup experience to start their own startup. Other people might be college students trying to get internships or just to get some of resume. You got to think what, what, what does the person really want from working with you or working for you, right? What's, what's the long-term plan, right? And, and, is, and, is, and try to work out where it's, it's beneficial both for you as a startup owner, a startup founder, your company, and the person, right? It makes all those things sync up or link up as, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good. Thanks for those. Thanks for those thoughts. Um, Jason, we're coming to the end here, man. Um, so we, if, again, if we could um, just get a bit of information on the the crowdfunding, just you could share that, and then we'll make sure we have a link. But um, you know, let us know uh, where can we find that, and and what's the steps to take if people wanted to get in touch with you or be a part of that crowdfunding campaign. Yes, yeah, so the crowdfunding link is https 
cabinetshr.co slash crowdfunding. Um, you, you can um, email me at jasoncabinets at cabinetshr.com or, or anywhere. I'm pretty easy to find on social media, right? You know, Jason Cabinets or Cabinets HR all across social media, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty easy to find, I think. Okay, awesome. Great. And then, you know, last word, last word. What would you like everyone to just to leave with? Um, whether it's HR oriented or, or just, you know, Jason in general. I mean, I think everyone has something they want to do, right? Either it's like start a company, start piano lessons. Everyone has something they want to do, right? You write a book. Everyone has something they want to do, right? And you always put it off because you want to wait for the perfect time. I would just say just get started, right? There's no timer like right now. Start doing what you want to do, right? Just get started. Yeah, thank you. I like that thought. I like that thought. And it takes us back to, you know, those days in the downstairs of a WeWork and, you know, at this thing called Feature, Feature Friday that turned into Founders Live. And, and I think that's the message that you got, you know, and that's yes. what I would... What I was, what I was saying early on, and I still say it now, is those exact words. You know, you can do it. Get started. Obviously, there's there's a lot to learn, but that's why we have this. That's why Founders Live is here and in the path. And you know, never a better time than now. And and the great thing is, you know, that you've got people like Jason out there to, to help you out with the things like HR and others. So you know, Jason, pleasure to talk with you. This is so cool. And glad that you could be on the show and we could, we could have this conversation and, and rehash not only our, our memories there, but also like really learn more about what, what makes you, what inspires you to, to be building out an HR company. So thank you. Thanks, Nick. This is a lot of fun. Good. Well, good, good. And uh, for everyone else, uh, this is the Founders Live podcast where we tell unique and inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from all over the world. Uh, we release uh, a number of different, a couple different episodes a week. Uh, we got a lot of great ones coming down the line. Really excited. Uh, so you know, keep keep watching, keep listening, keep sharing the podcast, and and also just a lot of great stuff from Founders Live that we are about to announce or we're going to release and announce here in the next couple of months. So keep your eye on that. Got events happening all over the world. Definitely check those out. And if you want to start Founders Live in your city or country, reach out to us, let us know. And then and lastly, everyone, hey, just stay healthy and stay safe. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Jason Cabinets Experience. We're asking for your support for our rewards-based crowdfunding campaign for Cabinets HR, either through your donation or by sharing this link with your networks. We are doing a rewards-based crowdfunding campaign to continue the build-out of Cabinets HR. Go to https colon backslash backslash cabinetshr.cl slash crowdfunding for more details and to donate. Thank you for your time today and remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jason Kavnis Experience. Be sure to connect with us across social media at Kavnis HR. Thank you, and remember to be great every day.